Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aliyah. And I'm Curtis. And today we are here with Peter and Kush from Who on Earth. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for coming on. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy to have you. Happy to have you. Now, before we dive into any questions, I always like to ask people to give a brief summary of who they are and what they do in the realms of metal. And you can throw in a little bit about what your band sounds like and such, too. All right, great. So I'm Pete Rizzi. I am the bass player and co-founder, along with Koosh, of Who on Earth. We are a hard rock slash heavy metal band. We kind of straddle the two genres, I guess. And uh, we're New Jersey based and we're do-it-yourselfers. We just released our debut album in October and we're out there hustling, pounding the pavement and uh, looking to dominate the world soon. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm Koosh, frontman, lead singer of Who on Earth. Uh, also known as uh, Pete Rizzi's sidekick. <laughs> yeah, we're ready out for world domination and taking over our uh, special little genre of hard rock we've created. Excellent, excellent. Now, you mentioned that you released your album in October, and you kind of released an album before doing much else. Can you speak to why you planned your release that way? Absolutely. So uh, Kush and I used to play in cover bands together. We played in a cover band called Madhouse and uh, we were just doing the bars and we just got sick of doing it. And we said, you know what, we have, let's, let's create our own music. We felt this was around 2019, I guess, right going into the pandemic. And uh, we just weren't satisfied with getting accolades and pats on the back for playing other people's music well. And we felt also at the time that there was like a, a, a real lack of good stuff coming out. So we said, let's, let's, we're done with this. Let's give it a shot. So what we did everything basically in reverse. We, we had the songs, we developed the songs together. We went into the studio with Mike Orlando, who was our producer, who ended up playing guitar on the album for us as a studio guitarist. And I found a drummer friend of mine that, that did the album as kind of like a favor. So then we did this album and I was like, all right, now we have to put a band together. We don't have a Facebook page. Nobody knows who we are. We barely had a logo, but we really liked the way the album came out. So we, we built it from the album forward. Whereas, you know, most bands build a bass, blah, 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 then do an album. We, we did it 100% the opposite way. But we also knew that the, the music had to get some sort of exposure and attraction before we were going to get to play it anywhere. So why not send it out and then worry about getting bandmates? And it was easy getting bandmates when they heard the music. They were like all in, you know, so now we're all in. And now that it's happening, the music's out and everyone's hearing it. Now we're out. It's not a problem getting gigs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a little bit of a problem. but <laughs> It's always a challenge in, in its own way. But yes, I think honestly what you've done is the way of now. Like it's the proper way to do things now. Thank you. It's so easy to, well, not easy, but it's so accomplishable to make an album before you have a fan base, if you're willing to make the investment. So yeah. props to you on that. I think you made the right decision. Um, yeah. 
can you kind of tell a little bit about um tell us a little bit about your journey since the album's release sure well actually it started a little bit before then so like we said having the album and then not having anybody know us we put out a few songs leading up to it we actually put out three songs leading up to the october release date we put out one in the end of april of last year one in early june and then one in september right September. yeah and just to try to gain some interest and then put the album out and then you know which we did we had a great record release party we opened for zebra at a starland ballroom which is a big venue here in Jersey. And then since then, it's literally been, okay, what can I do today? How many hours am I spending today on the band? What context can I make? What kind of, okay, how can this contact help with this? Or, or you know, who should I reach out to? We just played with this band. Let's reach out to all those members. You know, um, what are we doing on the next video? So it's constant planning. What we really have been spending a lot of time on is, promoting this album to the the max we want to if we can and we'll get close to it put out a video for every song really stretch it out because we're still relatively unknown so if somebody hears our sixth song or sixth video they're going to think it's the first thing we put out and it's not so we really want to um get as much bang for the buck with the album so that's really the journey right now getting gigs getting better gigs getting some more social media attention and 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 whatnot so it's really been roll up your sleeves blue yeah. coll blue collar approach right and and like we the the album's only been out since october but monster came out in april so we're starting all over again we're going to be able to start putting monster back out so more people can see that you know it's a constant flow you got to make sure that Every time you put it out, it's like the first time they've seen it. Every time you make a post. Yeah. Yeah. When we put Monster in a Jar out, our first single, it was kind of like not a throwaway. We love the song, but we were like, we knew it wasn't going to be the one we really wanted people. We There were some singles we wanted people to hear when we had a, a bass. And, um, you know, we used monster in a jar to do that and now you know but and the album was done even way before april so for us the album's kind of old you know but it came out yeah, in october that's a relatable was, sentiment yeah yeah but it was done i mean when did we finish it like we finished it in 21 you know like late 2021 i guess right it, or yeah. december january yeah so, so maybe in december 20. anyway and so in the meantime with all of that with promoting the album we're, we're writing new material you know oh, um yeah kitty crossing <laughs> <laughs> yeah black I, I just crossed the path i have a quick question um so obviously you guys have probably had to throw down quite a bit budget wise to do this whole cycle because you said you've been promoting it since last uh april so yes. about a uh, about a year now you guys have been promoting it um mm -hmm. What's the long-term game that you guys have then? Is it to try to get signed by a label and be full-time? Or what's the thought process behind all this funding that you're obviously doing? Yeah, ultimately, the the, the dream would be to be able to do this for a living, you know. And uh, although that's not exactly an expectation, but it's a goal. Um, we're loving the process. That We're not looking for a label. We wouldn't turn down a label but we have to understand that you know you see this little white stuff here you know like labels aren't exactly going to be knocking on our door we're over 30 you know comfortably over 30 and that's really kind of not not in the wheelhouse of the record labels and to be honest we have control over everything we do 
uh, and we have control over the budget. And sometimes that works for our advantage. And we have learned a little bit the hard way, which we can talk about is where to allocate funds to get the most bang for the buck. But we're big on artwork. You know, we want to kind of do things the way it was when we grew up. Artwork mattered. Bands putting out new material every year mattered. Getting out and playing live with no, uh, you know, with no uh, tracks, no, no, yeah, like no that, tracks, yeah. just raw in your face, you know, foot on the amp, like, you know. Um, yeah, we're purists like that. Yeah. When we go out and, you know, and we want also when we made the album, we want to make sure that whatever got on it, we could translate on the stage too. Yes. Yeah. We were not about to go out there and create something and then someone show up and see us and go, well, I don't know, sound like that. Right. So, yeah, we made sure we did that. Yeah. So, yeah. with all the stuff that you're releasing, so mm -hmm. how long are you planning on having the promo cycle just be for this album then? Two years or what's what's the yeah. thought? Well, if you mark it from the October date we put it out, I'd love yeah. to, I'd, you know, of the actual album release, I'd love for us to be in the studio with Mike again by the end of the year with at least an EP. You know, Kush has been up here all week and we have been, we're like exhausted mentally because we have about nine songs in the hopper, various stages of, you know, development, but very much good, good pre-production demos. We're working on lyrics and melody. So I don't see any reason why after this trip, why we can't be in with Mike uh, uh, Orlando, our producer by, um, you know, hopefully by maybe early fall and wow. having it ready. And, and when we go into the studio, we're ready. We're ready to record. You know, cool. I was just curious to Leah back to you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, what was it like? How did you get your first gig? And I mean, you guys were already established as musicians in your local scene because you had that experience experience um, playing in cover bands. So did that did that make it easier to book gigs when you were first starting out? No, no, not at all. It's so different when you're a cover band here in Jersey, at least. And we found this when we were looking for guitar players, like we had to find somebody to like fill Mike Orlando's shoes, which wasn't going to be easy to begin with. But we thought it was going to be a piece of cake. But, you know, we found that most musicians would rather just be in cover bands because they get paid and there's always a crowd. You know, when you're a new original band and you're a little older, like it's like it was easier when we were younger and we we're stapling flyers to telephone poles and, you know, drinking beers and hanging out like it's not that way anymore so um in a way it's a little bit harder and there's also a lot of competition so you have to re and nobody knows who you are they you know you might think you have a great album but they're not going to sit down and listen to your whole album you know so it wasn't that easy um but we you know we got a couple breaks here and there the starland gig that we got which was about a month after the album was huge for us. Yeah. That gave us a lot of credibility. And then we can use that to other venues and say, Hey, we played Starland. We opened for Zebra. You know, Michael Orlando came on stage with us and did a song. So we got a break there, but, and now, yeah, we're starting to get some traction. You know, you got to start locally, got to start where, you know, grow where planted, you know, and that's what we're doing. So it's getting a little easier. And it's also about they, them seeing you out there. You got to go do the gigs. Every gig you get, you got, you know, don't turn anything down, get out there, do it, show your presence, yeah. you know, get out. You got to have people listen to you. Oh. Yeah. There's something about the live show that's just not repl replicable in any other way. So I agree with that for sure. Um, speaking of Mike Orlando, how did you get connected with him and choose to, and why did you choose to work with him? 
Oh man, so yeah, we, that that was a contact. I played I played in so many bands, uh, covers and originals. I always like to have a mix of the two. And one of the original bands I was in, a band called Strange Substance. <laughs> Kush actually played with them years ago too. Wave for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the lead singer of that band was like best friends with Mike. And we actually that band went into Mike's studio to do some work, and I was like blown away at the whole process and his his uh, talent and his um, attention to detail, his just how he, his mastery of the whole process, playing every instrument, the effects, the recording, the mixing, the drum sound, like the guy does everything. And I was like, wow, it, you know, in the future, and this was way before the idea of who on earth was even born. And we didn't even know each other, I don't think. Or we're, yeah, maybe we were playing in the cover band, but I just knew that once that, and I became friends, Mike's a great guy, you know, and I uh, became friends with him. And once we had something, I, I called him up and said, hey, he works with a lot of local bands, so he um, he agreed to work with us, and it was just it just took off. So, yeah, that's awesome. His guitar work on the ar- album is great. Yeah, um, yeah. we're real happy with it. Good, good. Um, Curtis, I want to leave you space to ask about the PR. Yes. Okay. Am I allowed to do that now? Cool. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about yes. the PR. So. Um, me and Aaliyah both do PR, so don't mind the questions here. So um, you guys are working with uh, John Freeman, obviously. Um, so you guys Freeman have been, yeah. yep. So you guys have been working with them for the past year of the entire album cycle, or yes. when did you start? Yeah. Okay, we cool. actually started getting John on board about four months before we put the album out. It was around our second single. We okay, we, and then John helped us with yeah. We we engaged John and okay. his crew. Yeah. Okay, so April, you released the first single without PR, correct? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So what was it like releasing a single without PR versus with PR in your experience? Yeah, I mean, well, without the PR, that first one, like I said, we we the album was done and we didn't even, when I say we didn't even have a Facebook page, we didn't even have a band picture because we didn't even have a full band yet. We were still auditioning guitar players. So we kind of just put that out and we came out with a good in-studio video thing that we did just to gain awareness, you know? So our intention there wasn't so much to, you know, have anything explode, but it was like, if somebody hears us and they want to hear anything from us, at least there's a song out, you know? And then, um, so that was really all that was. We didn't have any expectations on the public relations front, but we just had to have something. And then, uh, then we went to John and we said, look, here's who we are, you know, um, you know, because John just doesn't take on any band. You know, you can't just like, no, say, you got, you would apply. yeah, here's a check. And like, you know, yeah. uh, he, he liked the story and he liked, you know, he, he dug, the, dug the tunes and, you know, and what we were trying to do. So uh, we were lucky. And then with the press release, we're like, oh, OK, now I, I don't know if it was Ghost Cult or one of the cool magazines that he got us in. And nice. uh, it was just great helping to draft the PR and, and learning that whole process. And you know, he's a pro. And uh it was just like, wow, it really, we really felt like, okay, this is real now, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, we, have a, we have a publicist in the UK also. Oh, yeah. Oh, who do you work with in the UK? Uh, they're called Gary Levermore. Gar- Gary Levermore is a small, I think it's just him, really. It's uh, I don't know. Snap Promotions or something. Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. Yeah. okay. Don't think I know him. Great. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. I can so, say his contact. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So now when you release the first, first song so how like how did you kind of promote it without a publicist then 
friends and family. <laughs> oh, really? Family. Pretty friends much. Yeah. yeah. You friend everybody on your Facebook, everybody bangs it in there and then, Hey, but we also, us. we also, um, we use Facebook. We found that Facebook is the platform that we have the most traction on. And we knew that right away. Um, it makes sense, we, you know, because yeah. you're older, like yeah, thank you. even yeah. me, even me, I'm like, <laughs> you know, uh, all of us 30 and up. 30. Yeah, we're all older Facebook. than 30 here. So yeah. Facebook is like more our generation of people. Absolutely. So we did, we used a, you know, we, we used a boosting and we, you know, we tried to get uh, smart about investing a little bit right away, you know, be friendly to Facebook and get it out there and, you know, do some like campaigns and, you know, do some ads. So we started to do that right away. You know, and we were to always from even back then we were talking to Ramona was working with us, this uh, young lady who worked for what what record label she worked for. But we had some consultants even early on helping us because the social media thing was as far as we're users of it. But as far as me using it to your advantage, we had no idea, you know, sure. running ads versus boosting and what's this and what's that. And then so we got some help and, and that was our initial real investments other than making the album. We knew that was going to be important for us to kind of try to take the stairs two at a time with social media. And Pete was smart enough that when we were doing the album, he uh, he got our, our buddy uh, Rob Shoddy in there, and he then we that's where we created the monster video, you know, in there, and and he did all the stuff with Orlando and everything. So right. it was uh, it was a brilliant idea that he got you know we were able to get that footage in there too. Yeah. So cool. Um, okay, so next question I want to ask is, how did you shop for a publicist, or did you guys just go to John and that was it? Well, through Mike Orlando, yeah, it's so funny how it's just like you go back to the beginning and all these little things happen that just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a great question. So through Mike Orlando, he uh, is was managed by Michael Kaplan, who I believe was the one who managed the Adrenaline Mob back in the day. Michael Kaplan's worked with all sorts of artists. He was a, yep. a big uh, A and R rep at um, Sony. At Sony, yeah. yeah. So, so Mike heard it. He's like, Mike, what are you working on these days? And and he played him the Who on Earth. And Mike called me, and I was visiting my brother in Dallas, and we had a little FaceTime. And he's a great guy, Mike, and he he wanted to help us out. So we uh, we basically took Mike on for a little while as a consultant, and from Mike. Kaplan, he hooked us up with some uh, the people at In Kind Music. They helped us make some introductions with the social media people, with uh, Ken Adams, who became our artist for a lot of our singles. So that was kind of how that you know that started, and then we you know kind of kept filling out the team you know from there. Cool. Um, okay. So next question about the PR campaign. So how much participation did you guys? have on the planning of it versus your publicist if that makes sense well to this day we we, we pretty much kush and i pretty much kind of lay out we're, we're like the partners and we okay. kind of have our vision but we always run it by them we always get their opinions but we kind of you know we have an idea we, we usually have a good pipeline of content which you mm -hmm. know we have right, right as of right now we have two videos in our back pocket and yeah. we'll go to Freeman and crew, and we have a radio guy now that we're working with who's been helping us, and Gary in, in England, and I'll, we'll just reach out to the team. Here's what we're thinking. Here's how we want to space out the releases. This, what's unique about, what can we do to, you know, what other avenues can we use to, you know, um, promote this particular song, which is about the environment, whatever. So yeah. that, yeah, we're, we're 
But we pretty much have a lot of vision about what we want to do and how we want to do it. But we also know that we need to go to our team that they've been doing this and this is what they do. And uh, so we're very careful not to make any, you know, fatal moves or stupid moves because, you know, we don't have that kind of time. We don't have that kind of, um, you know, we don't want to be making mistakes. We don't want to be making moves backwards. So, and John um, understands us. So when we, you know, Pete and I tell him something, that's why they start getting the game plan together. That's why we did the release for the un asc uh, Ascension Unbeaten. And we came up, well, first day of spring. And that was Freeman. Uh, actually, it was David who works for Freeman. It was his idea. He said this would be a great put it all together. You know, mm -hmm. so they're it's not like they're just throwing it out there. We actually sit down and we chat with them, and they 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 get a vibe from us. And they know what we want to do, so they correlate awesome. that into into the release. Yeah, yeah, cool. Which is nice to know that it's not just them doing it; they're actually taking our input into. Yeah, cool. Um, and then how many? How did you guys figure out how many singles do you wanted to release in advance? I think you said it was three total beforehand, right? Released three beforehand, and that was just we wanted. You know, bands are doing that now. Any band, even Metallica, Volby, you know, there's this single, you know, then a, a month later, there's another. It's not, I mean, yep. it may be not even a single, but it's more like a, a dribbling out of the of the album, you know. And again, for us, we had to create awareness because we had zero, zero awareness, zero likes, zero followers. That's got to be it's fucking like, tough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's out of control. Like, Okay, my yep. girlfriend likes us. Her, <laughs> all right, my yep. kids are driving them somewhere and their friends are getting a call. Go on your phone right now. Go to Facebook. Look up who on earth. Hit like. You know, hit follow. I've never done something like that. Never, ever, never. <laughs> oh, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, I forgot the question. <laughs> uh, basic, well, basically, I, I know I forgot what the question was. Why we did you? Why did you? Oh, the singles. How did you choose yeah, the singles. singles. Yeah. Yes. How did we choose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how did you choose Again, how many singles just, just trying to really, and that was some of Mike Orlando's advice too. Like, guys, get everything you can out of every song. You're a new band, you know, and uh, and we, you know, we act as if we act as if we are Metallica. We know we're not. I don't mean that in an ego way, but in a as a franchise, as a business, it. as a brand that we're trying to create. It's like, okay, hey, we don't. We just put this one out, so maybe let's wait to June to do this one. You know, nobody, no, nobody, nobody's like really following us yet, but we still took that approach. We still think huge about everything. Yeah. We think we, we don't think of it just as now. We yeah. think of it as 10 years from now. So all the smallest ideas that we have, they're, they correlate to what if, you know, we're going for world domination here. We're going all the way. So no idea that we have is too small. Yeah. Even a single thing for we were talking about this new song coming. We said we need a deck of cards for these things. We're gonna get <laughs> cards made, throw them out in the audience. It's <laughs> like Bruce has got picks with you know who on earth, so you throw them out. You know, there's you you know if because if we all of a sudden blew up and then didn't have any ideas, yeah. so you have to keep them all. There's no stupid ideas when you're talking because you don't know what might come across. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then I got one more last question on the PR campaign before I throw it back to Aaliyah, which is basically, so what would you have done? What are you going to do differently next time? Like, what are some of the lessons you've learned on this campaign that you would want to do differently next time or that you think you could improve? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, what do you think? Oh, if uh... anything. Well, yeah, there's one thing that comes to my mind, but what? which is what, which is uh, getting help with the Spotify. We were talking oh, about yeah, yeah. because 
yeah, we've gotten smart with YouTube ads and the videos. And we, uh, we, we learned a lot. Like when you're promoting your videos, like, especially if it's a heavy metal, hard rock video, include South America, because when you include South America, guess what? Your views go up fivefold because in South America, heavy metal is still the music. There's not, Taylor Swift isn't selling out three nights in a row in a stadium, you know, down in Brazil or Mexico, you know, I mean, but, you know, look at Rock and Rio. So, boom, uh, Facebook, we learned about the ads and the like campaigns and boosting and when to do it and how to do it and, and, and fine tuning your audience. So, like, we got smart on that stuff. And it was, again, trial and error. But one thing we couldn't really get traction on was Spotify. Like, you know, how do you do that? And um, there are, just like with Facebook, just like how many social media consultants are out there, you know, we, we started to talk to somebody who could help us get on playlists. And those playlists are organic. They're not bot-driven. They're real playlists. Could be, you know, guitar shredding or whatever, or, you know, uh, New York City's hottest new artists or whatever they are. There's millions of them. And they'll get you on there. And it's not a, it's not a huge expense. I mean, uh, and that's been helping us lately. And what we're why. So that was one thing I wish we would have done a little sooner. Um, again, we check the integrity of it. We're not buying followers. We're not, you know, but we're, we're we, you know, we want to play the game. We have to play the game, too. You know, but we, if we feel we're doing it in a way that is um, has integrity, you know, as far as we could tell. Um, then we're, we're we're open to that. So, uh, but other than that, I don't think I would change anything. We still want to put out lots of videos. We think videos are important. We think artwork is important. We think gigs are important. We think physicals are important. Vinyls. We think cool T-shirts and merch are cool. You know, we want to. You know, we want to uh, have a, uh, people want to buy a shirt because they think it's cool, or or you know, or like the logo. You know, I mean, we want we want the whole package. We want to keep doing it. You know, I don't. I, yeah. yeah um and we're and not I, we're not like that we're not going to go sit on the computer ourselves and take and make something on the computer you need to get a real artist to do something like that for yeah you, you yep. know if you're going to have quality stuff and you think you're going to go all the way you can't go cheap and yeah. start making you know duct tape things and doing it it needs to be done if it's if you're going to create it as a business it needs to be treated like a business and right from the get-go that's what we are we're we're in it to win it all the way yeah. Yeah. And and where you spend the money, like you, you, you the most expensive things aren't the ones that have the most um, move the band forward as much as you would think. You know, some of the smaller things do, you know, and uh, learning that. So maybe we would have allocated resources different. We definitely would have allocated resources differently. You know, there was a little bit um, of, of, of naiveness, if that's the right word, uh, on our part. And um you know, we knew that there was going to be a kind of a, an entrance fee uh, because of our lack of experience. And we knew that going in yeah. and, and a, we and we paid it here and there. But, yeah. you know, we won't have to do that again. There is a lot of locked doors and you're going to have to you've got to go through if you're starting from scratch. You no, know, no, nothing. You've got to just go to the first person and they'll slowly lead you to the next and next. And, you know, so it's yeah. it's it's a tough, tough industry to get into. You know, and it has been this this has been a battle for us since, you know, the beginning. Yeah, but it's fun. I'm sure. Oh, great. Yeah. So uh, actually, I do have one more question before I throw it over to Lilia. Um, is Are you guys is your next step to try to get a booking agent or are you just going to play local show? Like what's the what's the plan there? 
Are you tapped into our phone? Yeah, were you listening to yeah. <laughs> I must I must be psychic then. You're in the CIA or yeah. something. I, don't I must know be. Gonna, yeah. Well, I'm Canadian, so I can't be in the CIA. Oh, so. Okay. so am I. I'm Canadian. Are you? Perfect. Yeah, I was, I was living in Sudbury. Sounds Sudbury. like what somebody in the CIA would say, though. Yeah, it does yeah. sound like something something <laughs> the CIA would say. Yeah. I'm in Kitchener area, so I'm, I'm near where you used to be then. Oh, nearish. Yeah. Nearish. 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 Curtis, where we are as a band and what we need as a band and the, the level where we're at right now is that's what we need. We, we're we're hitting our local area pretty hard and it's great, but we need to start branching out. Again, I use the term grow where planted. You have to have a good local base and we get good we get good crowd reaction. We get good people coming, but we got to get into Pennsylvania, Connecticut, more New York City, down in Delaware, Maryland, you know, start pushing up. But yes, booking agent is exactly where we're at and we have uh, we use dropout media as one of our you know they're like our, our social media consultants right now and they're great and they're going to help us get us the names and again not we don't want to be the pay-to-play band but we do want to get enter into business agreements with promoters where yeah we understand you're not doing this for free we want we can structure a way to do this where everybody's happy you know um, I, I used to be a, a, a hedge fund uh, trader, so I have a lot of business experience and there's ways where everybody can win. And, um, you know, we want the people that work with us to get paid and we want we want to pay them. And uh, but we also want to get paid, too. So we, we're there now. So we're we're hopefully going to be having some discussions with some agencies. Just to, again, it's, you know, we're new to this, so we'll learn as we go. But uh we're fair. We're good guys. We just want to play. And we do appreciate that these people, they need to make money too. You know, it's a big part of the industry. You know, yeah. we need, them, you know. Yeah. And e even if you're going out and doing these, some of these gigs, you know, you have to be prepared that you're investing in yourself. Yeah. And you know that other people in the industry need to get paid to get you to where you need to go. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're like, Oh, well, he's taking all our money. I said, well, you know, he's getting us a show for getting, and that in itself is exposure for us. We get to play in front of people and every person is important to us that sees us. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't, you can't be sitting there worrying about someone else is getting you a gig and not getting, you know, getting paid and you're not getting what you want. It will eventually happen. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. yeah we believe in the music. If the music's good, this stuff can work. These are, but if the music doesn't, and you're just throwing checks at people, it's it doesn't matter if you if you open for Mastodon. Like if it, the music's not there, you're not going to have any follow up. We 100%. feel, you know, we believe in our in our album, so we think that let us do something, not like that, but, you know, but like we feel like we can hook people if they come see us live, you know. I have a question about merch. Aaliyah, do we have a few more minutes or no? Okay. Um, Maybe I missed it. Do you guys have physical albums or just the shirts and stuff? You do have we physical. Have we have some physical albums. I haven't put them on the uh, the the website yet because okay. they're expensive. And uh, yeah, we're selling a, a CDs cost like three bucks to make. We got USB cars that are cool. You can plug them in anywhere, and you, can, you actually get better quality. Those are like they cost like seven bucks. We sell them both for ten bucks, you know. But the oh. CDs they cost like uh, they sorry the albums cost like they cost like thirty bucks each to make. A vinyl, yeah. you mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. A vinyl. Yeah. Okay. So then, and we don't we, we don't sell our stuff looking to make a ton of money either. Like we cover the shipping. We just want to get get the stuff out. But so we did make some vinyls, kind of for us, and we have some, but we haven't. Um, and plus, to ship stuff now, especially overseas, is just insane. You know, it's crazy. Um, 
So we need to, once hopefully we get some scale, we can, you know, I'm sure there's other more savvy arrangements that, 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 that bands get into to get their products out there that uh, are more logical other than me packaging it in my basement. <laughs> uh, but we do have them, you know. We do, we do well, that was, that was my next question is, okay, so you guys are just selling the CDs and vinyl. It just it shows you're not selling them online at all, period, then? Is that correct? We have a, we have a Bandcamp site, and we just redid our whole website. So we're adding uh, more products to the website. We have, uh, um, and you can buy the CD on the website. But Bandcamp is where okay, our whole merchandise stuff is. We still need to link that to, um, I think, to our Facebook. Yeah. We're still, like, getting to, you know, there's so many different, platforms for everything so we're all you know we're trying to um yeah get more of that on the on the we're using shopify for our website so there's you know with every migration there's different formats and stuff so we still need to figure some of that out but um okay. yeah but Bandcamp okay. have all our stuff on Bandcamp. i missed that on Bandcamp, and i think i just looked at your website so here so here was my question just with merch so how did you kind of decide on the design and the merch like it like it looks like mainly you guys have gone simplistic with the logo but is there plans to do more because you were you guys were talking about artwork and stuff so i'm just curious yeah. what the plan is with the merch yeah check out our band camp because for every one of our singles we got some great yeah. artwork there's a shirt for every one of them okay yep i'm on every the wrong spot camp. then okay yeah. yeah yep it's on band camp and again we need to get it all on the website we did i think we did our down and out shirt on the website and a regular logo shirt and we just finished that like two weeks ago we revamped the whole website it looks pretty cool um cool. and we have to get more products on it we have we have winter hats we have baseball hats we have um you're wearing hoodies. one of the hats yeah yeah we got yeah, see, we got hoodies we, yeah so yeah um so cool. and what what is the, what do you guys find is the uh, best-selling item that you guys have right now uh, we sold a lot of CDs. Uh, I would say the hats and uh, I don't know it's it's really well distributed on the album artwork. You know, okay. uh, a lot of different, a lot of them. Some people like on the brink. Some people like Black Swan. So it's been good. It's been a good mix of of all of them. Um, people, uh, a lot of the girls love the beanies. Uh, so it's yeah, it's 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 not really one standout. You know, um, and some people have bought like every shirt we have you know which is cool wow. like yeah which that is, is cool. Yeah. really cool um that is really cool so, yeah cool um i think those were all the questions i had on that Olivia. okay i, think, I, I think. really want to do before we wrap things up i want to take us back to spotify because i think yeah. this is something a lot of people struggle with um what were some things that you looked at when you were lo looking into playlisting services what were the things you were looking at to make sure that it was somebody with integrity, that it was a service that was getting real organic listens? Great, great question. Uh, and again, this is really recent. We just started with uh, with the Spotify um, uh, help with the playlists. And uh, it's something that we were looking for to find the right people. And it's not like you can just, you know, Google uh, Spotify playlisters. It's not that easy. So we, I guess about two or three months ago, started working with Dropout Media, um, which is Matt Bacon. I don't know if you guys know him, but he has a, a, his own kind of consulting firm. And right now we're, we're working with them on kind of like their base package level, which is really social media. And they, they help you out. They help you with your socials and give you good tips as a band and whatnot. And it was them and the guy we're working with there, he's in a band also. They're kind of like us. I mean, kind yeah. of you know, do-it-yourselfers. They're, they're from Puerto Rico, though. And uh, he recommended it. And his band 
had tried it out and they kicked the tires and Matt is big on, you know, not paying to play and not buying likes. And, and, and so we knew that, that once they kicked the tires and tried it for themselves, that it was like, okay. And also, so now that we're using them, we can go in and look at the analytics. And the cool thing is, is like, yes, act, people are actually listening because we can see every day, which song was streamed by how much, you know, kind of where, and then people who's saving it, like people on how many followers we're gaining. So, you know, bots and crap like that aren't following you. They're not saving a particular song. So there's real metrics, there's real result, results. And that's what we're looking at the most. So you might get, say, a thousand streams and you and maybe 50 followers, but that's a big deal. It's not that the streams, it's the followers, you know, and that's happening. So we know that it's got to be organic and it's not a hundred thousand you know, it's a reasonable number when you think that there's 300 million people in this country, right? Like, okay, yeah, a thousand streams really isn't that much. And 50 followers or, again, the followers and the saves are the metrics that get us excited, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember I was just looking at some of the red flag statistics to look at to make sure you're not getting bots. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of them was like, if there are too many streams per listener, um, is it's a, like your average streams per listener is way too high. That's an indication that it's bots. And anyway, mm -hmm. it's just good to hear about like all the red flags to look for. Yeah. We can even see it by city and by country and everything. Yeah. And you know, it's not all one spot, Yeah, you know, multiple cities, multiple countries, yeah. you know, like it's worldwide. Wide, yeah. You know? Yeah. And what we got like 7 billion people that have the opportunity to listen to us. You know, yeah. so it's only it's it's just a, you know, a drop yeah. of water in a bucket, really, compared to what we are. But uh, it's nice to see some movement. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we do not want to be that band that like that. You look at it like, wow, they have like, you know, 250,000 streams on this song and they have, you know, 2000 followers on Facebook. Like something's not right there, you know, like that. But that's not what we're doing this for. I don't care how many likes we have. Like we like. Come to the show. I don't care if there's 20 people there or 200 people there. Like if, if you're into it, that's that's what's going to light us up. You know, it's not when it's not a numbers game for us. We want people to get the music and want to share it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we do have to wrap things up. Before we do, is there anything you want to shout out? Please shout out where people should follow you and where they can get your album and what you have coming up. Okay, great. You know, thank you. We have uh, our website is whoonearththeband.com. We're all over social media. Who on Earth? It's either Who on Earth the Band, Who on Earth Band. We have our little uh, logo that you can see, our Earth symbols everywhere. Uh, our website was just redone. We have merch on Bandcamp. We have shows coming up. You can find us on Bands in Town. All that stuff's on the website also. Um, yeah, I mean, we're playing at Artie's in Frenchtown on April 29th. Yeah, we got a couple gigs coming up. Because Real nice on. venue. Yeah, so uh, come in. We're going early for dinner, so show up and we'll all sit <laughs> down and have dinner and can ask us questions. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. And everyone listening, until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.